Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Before we get into this awesome and amazing episode, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm happy that you're here. And I would love it if you subscribed, rated, or otherwise shared this podcast with your network so that we can reach even more people and do even more good. Last week, we had planned to talk about being an entrepreneur on the spectrum, but then as I was planning out the episode, I realized there was quite a bit of information necessary on why traditional jobs aren't often suitable for those with autism. A large part of it has to do with the interview process and how it's designed against the left of normal mind. The handful of jobs that I was able to land were largely because I was referred into the job by someone in my network or through another means of connecting outside of just applying to a job where I didn't know anybody. It was kind of a kind of a shoe in almost a uh, more of a uh, cut that part out. I hear stories all the time of people being picked up by headhunters. Uh, like, they don't even have to go apply to jobs. They just, like, they just get them. I've never been solely, so highly desired that people seek me out. Maybe someday, but today is not that day. This week, we're going to get into more of the entrepreneur side of things. We covered why jobs suck, so let's cover why entrepreneurship is often a little bit better. I've discovered five factors that come into play here, Uh, but those who know me or are entrepreneurs themselves might be able to point out some more. So when we're done with those five factors, those considerations on why entrepreneurship has been a better alternative, uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the struggles that the left of normal person meets when being an entrepreneur and how I've overcome, avoided, or otherwise just suffered through them. All right, consideration number one, people suck. Not all people, of course, but many of them do. I've relayed a number of stories of how people suck on previous episodes of this cast. Some of them suck a little, some of them suck a lot, and a few are the suckiest sucks that ever sucked. Considering uh, most jobs, you spend eight or more hours a day with the same group of people, that suck really comes out for the people that really do suck. For instance, when I worked at the Boys and Girls Ranch the first time, most of the people there weren't really that bad. But I did almost get fired on my first day because they didn't train me. Like, not even at all. Just threw me to the wolves and hoped for the best. So when I dropped off a youth that I was mentoring and I made sure he got inside the house, kind of as I was taught to do growing up, you drop a friend off, you make sure they get inside and then you you'd leave. You'd, I drove away. They didn't tell me that I was supposed to walk him inside, check in with the guardian, explain what we did that day, relay any concerns or anything like that. And it turns out when I dropped this kid off, there was nobody home. Fortunately, he just kind of sat on the couch and watched TV. Nothing bad happened. Uh, When I worked in an office, I would have 
coworkers more or less just kind of yell at me and belittle me because I didn't go out of my way every single day to say good morning to them, ask how their evening was, or otherwise engage in small talk that I absolutely didn't care for. Kind of along those same lines, I did receive some feedback uh, working at the Boys and Girls Ranch that I came across as rude to coworkers because I didn't say hello to them every time I walked in the building. Half the time I was walking in, dropping off keys, and not just sitting around yakety-yacking. So anyway, now as an entrepreneur, I can pick and choose the people I want to deal with. There are some sucky sales-type activities, but I've learned to direct a lot of that through the internet and not have to go face-to-face conversations with people that I don't really care for. Consideration number two, time clocks suck. As I mentioned in last week's rant and ramblings, I don't like the idea of being paid for a certain number of hours on the clock. As I'm older and hopefully wiser, I now realize that a lot of that yakety-yacking amongst coworkers is really just because they're being paid for being in the office for a certain number of hours. So they're making the most of being paid to enjoy in small talk that in no way, shape, or form improves things other than it helps them get closer to the 40 hours that they have to put in each and every week. But time clocks suck because sometimes we don't sleep well. Waking up is harder and getting ready is harder and getting to work is harder on those days. Many jobs demand that you're in your seat at a specified time or else you get in trouble. Nobody cares about your mental or physical health, and it doesn't matter that you'll be unproductive because of the demands of merely being in your seat at that specified time. The rules say there be the rules say be there at 8 a.m., so you better get there at 8 a.m. Back in the day when I had to be in my seat at a specified hour, I utilized the bathroom quite a bit on those days where I was just having a little bit slower of a morning. And I would sit there in the bathroom and prepare myself for the suck. It does go a bit beyond just being to work on time. There are times where we burn out during the day. Sometimes it's 3 p.m. You've done all the work you need to do that day and nothing else productive is actually going to happen. Being able to just go over to a coffee shop, go for a walk, hit up a brewery for happy hour or literally anything other than being at work would be far better for mental health and just as much is going to get done because you're not getting anything done at work anyway. But the demand is you sit there in your seat until 5 p.m. and you put in those hours because that's what you're paid to do. You're paid to be in your seat. As an entrepreneur working for myself, I love the fact that time clocks don't exist around here. What, do, what that does mean, however, is there's a little bit more discipline involved to get the work done. Obviously, if I don't work, I don't get paid. But I also know that if I'm struggling in the morning, I don't have to start at exactly 8 o'clock. I can have another cup of coffee and start at 9 o'clock if I choose. I can also take an hour off in the middle of the afternoon to walk the dogs, relax, or otherwise reset my brain. Consideration number three employers suck. Ah, where to begin with this one? Yes, I am fully aware that not all employers suck. 
I'm generalizing and relaying information from my own experiences, but there are a few reasons that employers suck. Aside from the previous consideration that time clocks suck and employers want you to just be on the clock, there's also the consideration that uh, number uh, consideration number one pointed out, people suck and generally employers are people. Anyway, so employers, I'll mix in uh, bosses, managers here, not always the actual employer, but the person that oversees the worker. They're generally sticklers for root rules. They want things done in a certain way because that's the way they want them done. Now, I've had a number of jobs where I've pointed out inefficiencies and offered better alternatives. What ended up happening was I was seen as lazy for not wanting to do the work, and at best, my ideas got ignored. Generally, they're just denied, and sometimes they, I was criticized or chastised for discovering an alternative way to streamline things. Employers also suck because they're often on what can be described as a power trip. They're the boss. You're the peon. So do as I command because I have a position that is elevated over yours. And then they'll lord that over you and make you feel nice and small so you don't even want to talk back or offer suggestions or anything. You just get the work done. Or really just stay in your seat until 5 p.m. For instance... When I worked at a terrible auto insurance company, I had a friend who started working in the same building. Different department, technically even a different employer, but same parent company. At one point, he walked by my desk, or, well, he walked by the desk where I was sitting, because this insurance company was so bad that they never actually gave me a workspace or any of the tools necessary to do my job, and then they wondered why I wasn't selling all sorts of insurance. So he walks by and he says, hey, what's up? And I said, oh, you know, just pretending to work. And he laughed about it and I laughed about it. And then I went back to actually working because that's what I was there to do. And now I know the boss lady was nowhere around. And if I remember correctly, she wasn't even in the building. And I'm pretty sure a coworker tattled on me. And then I was belittled by the boss lady for saying pretending to work while I was actually working and I think the uh, big boss got after me and then the big big boss got after me so anyway heard about it three times got written up and everyone was angry uh, because uh, I used the word pretending instead of oh you know just working had I stopped and engaged in small talk for half an hour nothing would have gotten done. I would have actually done less work than what actually happened. Nobody would have cared. They'd have been like, oh, hey, building relationships. Uh, but because I used the words pretending to work, I ended up being reprimanded by the sucky employer. Now, as an entrepreneur, I am my own employer. And yes, sometimes I suck because I make me do work that needs to be done. But I can also belittle my employer, and my employer belittles me, and together we belittle each other. We also understand each other, and there are a number of times where my employer has actually bought me a drink at happy hour. Consideration number four, work sucks. So I talked about this one last week, about how work is anything that takes me away from doing what I actually want to be doing. And if you're stuck at a job, then you're forced to be doing something that is not what you want to be doing at that moment. 
Even beyond that, though, too many jobs start out as one thing and become something else. By that, I mean you're hired to fill a role. The company needs your expertise to help progress things forward. That's all good, except over time, more and more stuff comes into play. In the freelance world, we call it scope creep, and it ends up draining you. For example, let's say you're hired by a company to operate a cash register. No problem, you're operating the cash register, you're doing your job duties like a pro, and everyone's happy. But then employer, boss, higher up, Mr. Powerful comes and says, hey, when it's slow, can you please sweep the floors? They get a bit dirty during the day. All right, no worries, it's slow, why not? Then the boss comes up to you and says, hey, after we close up the till for the night, can you run money o- run the money envelope over to the bank and drop it through the after-hours drop box? All right, sure, I guess, as long as I'm paid for putting in that extra time. And then the boss comes to you and says, hey, the sink is leaking in the bathroom and you're handy. Will you fix it? And then the walls need painted, and I know you know how to paint. Can you do that? Eventually, it's my computer needs updated, my son needs picked up from Little League, or my wife is unsatisfied in our marriage. Can you satisfy her? I haven't quite run into that last one, but I'm pretty sure that actually does happen. I've seen enough movies, anyway, where that happens. Anyway, uh, actually, another example that I had, I had it all lined up, but as I was preparing that last example... I've forgotten what that other example was. Anyway, you'll have to use your imaginations on um, why work sucks. As an entrepreneur, I can take on duties that I actually want to take on. That scope creep actually uh, infiltrates a little bit here and there. And uh, what often will happen is if you don't set boundaries early on, you end up taking on work that ends up being more work without more pay. For example, let's say I'm hired to write a weekly blog for a client. I give them the price and I do the work. And then they're like, hey, these are great, but I really don't have time to upload them. They're just kind of sitting in my done folder. Can you upload those for me too? And then they want them optimized and then they want images and then they want social media shares. And the work was to write the blog. That's what the payment was for. Now, without boundaries, you end up just doing the extra because you want your clients to be happy and satisfied. With boundaries, you can say, I would be happy to do that. The new price is going to be this, or you're going to have to update your pricing to be paid what you're worth. Alternatively, you can just say, yeah, no, I can't do that. I can do the blogs, but I can't do the extra work for you. The risk is you end up losing clients or you may end up losing clients, which is something that a new entrepreneur has to just deal with because clients are going to come and go. It's hard to lose them when you really need the money, but scope creep is going to burn you out quickly. Consideration number five, wages suck. Now this has been a hot topic for as long as wages have been a thing. Uh, you for decades, people have complained that they're not being paid enough. And it's true. The costs of living are high. And if you look at historically how much wages were compared to the cost of living, wages are desperately not keeping up with the cost of living. However, not long ago, there was the Fight for 15 campaigns. Do you remember those? 
And now people see 15 bones an hour and think, wow, that's super low. You need to pay me more. Considering the cost of housing and insurance these days, yeah, more is necessary if you actually want to survive in this world. But if you're at a job, you are largely stuck at what the employer wants to pay you. I relayed a story last week on how I asked for a raise and I was told that I was doing more work but not better work. And that was just a cheesy way of saying, I'm too cheap to pay you a livable wage. Now, all of the jobs that I have had are relatively low wage. They're not minimum wage, but they're really not something I could flourish with. Part of that was because it was so hard to land a job, you know, that whole interview thing designed to work against the left of normal mind, I had to end up accepting pretty much whatever job came my way. And that was usually something that was lower-ish on the wage scale and the wage category. And then if I did ask for more during the interview, if I stated that I needed more, I was just seen as greedy. I recall one of the interviews, I can't even remember where this was for. I was totally shocked that I landed the interview. Uh, Obviously, it never progressed anywhere. But I recall where they asked what salary I was looking for. Now, there's a ton of information on there that you should never ask for a salary. You should ask, what's the salary range? You kind of make them state the number first. You don't state the number first. Some sort of negotiation, something, something that I'll never have to deal with because I never actually uh, plan to have another interview. Anyway, I stated I needed at least $12 an hour. This was like 2008, so 12 bucks an hour was... Not great, but not terrible. Uh, The interviewer said, well, you know, that's too much to start with, but you can certainly work your way up to that. Ultimately, I wasn't even offered the job. Not that I would be able to accept a position that paid eight or nine bucks an hour. Now, to complicate matters even more, wages in most jobs at least the ones that I was able to hold, were set and stagnant. It was really non-negotiable. You couldn't even ask for more. Well, you could ask for more, but there was no way that anybody would actually be able to give you more. Uh, Nearly every single job I've ever had set and fixed those wages in a way that you couldn't get more. But then they also boasted that they would reward employees who go above and beyond. They claimed the more effort you put in, then your efforts will be recognized and you will be rewarded. Now, any good old naive left of normal would think they were saying these words because they were true words. But I have since learned that normies love to say things but really not mean what they say. So, with just about all these jobs, I would put in the extra effort. I'd work harder. I'd do way more than the minimum. I would work towards impressing those bosses, employers, managers, whoever you want to uh, put in that position of power. After a month or two, there really was nothing that happened. No recognition, no appreciation of those additional efforts. And so I'd say, well, I guess it's only been a short while. Uh, Let's keep going. I'll keep going above and beyond. 
And then a few months later, there's still nothing. No recognition, no appreciation, no, hey, you're putting in a lot of extra effort. We are going to give you a raise. Nothing. No bonuses. Maybe a pizza party uh, once a year, but that was just given to everyone, no matter who they were. So eventually I just tapered it back. No added effort, no more above and beyond, just the minimum that was required. And then there's still no recognition. No, Nobody ever even said, hey, you used to do a lot more and put in more effort, but now you don't. Why not? Just straight up, I had a job to do. You did the job. Good. You're going to stay stuck at this wage forever. So I learned at every job that employers are full of it, and the expectation that doing more will get you rewarded is just simply laughable. Doing your own thing, being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, however, is very different. I set my own rates. I set my own hours. If I want to make more money, I work harder, faster, outreach more, land more jobs. The more I do, the more money I make. So there is actually a correlation between effort and income. The only issue is entrepreneurship does come with a few downsides. Yes, I can set my own hours, my own rates, my own time clock, be my own boss, and all of that. I get to work from home. I don't have to deal with stupid people, or I don't hardly have to deal with people at all if I don't want to. But there are struggles that come as an entrepreneur, and some of those struggles are compounded as a left-of-normal entrepreneur. First of all, people. I don't have to work with people. I have a couple dogs that I sometimes work with, but usually they just lay on the couch and don't even look at me. But I do have to maintain a network. Without a network, I don't get leads. Without leads, I don't get clients. Without clients, I don't have work that can be done. And without work, as we just stated, I don't make money. So I do have to deal with people sometimes. The nice thing is I don't have to deal with them all day, every day. And if they suck, I can very quickly and easily just kind of trim them out of my life. Now, often I don't read the social cues very well, so I have learned to minimize person-to-person contact and utilize online resources much more. It ends up being a much more effective way to uh, land new clients anyway, because most of the time the in-person networking just builds builds that network, but those Half your, a lot of the network never turns into paying clients. Anyway, time clocks. Uh, there's a saying out there, uh, several different versions of it, somewhere along the lines of being your own boss is great. You get to choose which 18 hours a day you work. Or something like, I gave up my full time job to be an entrepreneur and now I work 80 hours a week. Uh, basically, there's more work to be done as an entrepreneur than if you have a job where you clock in when your time clock says to clock in and clock out when the time clock says to clock out. Now, I agree with that to an extent. I also know that if I was working 18 hours a day and barely making ends meet, I would notice something was wrong and I'd just, I'd have to change up my approach. Uh, If I'm busting my ass and getting nowhere, I'm not doing something right. As a left-of-normal entrepreneur, I have a lot of systems and organizational techniques that help me stay on task so I don't end up working 80-hour work weeks just to scrape by. 
I can scrape by in life without busting my ass. Uh, employers are a thing of the past, but now I have dozens of employers. Every client is like another employer. Fortunately, there's a bit more leeway here. I am a professional, bit of an artist, and I have my methods of operation. When clients become too demanding and they expect more than I said I will provide or they turn malicious, I can quickly and easily remove them and not have to worry about finding a whole new job because I didn't like my, <clears throat> didn't like my employer. It's easier to find a new client than a whole new job. Work still sucks, but at least it's something I'm good at. And of course, the end goal is, you know, like most people, to retire and do what I want all day, every day. In the meantime, I provide a service that people need, and I work hard to ensure that they're happy. Wages are much better as an entrepreneur, especially psychologically. Uh, when you're working for $12 an hour, it gets a little depressing to see that small paycheck. So in my own business, I can charge $125 an hour uh, for consultant work, and that looks really good. Makes me feel really good knowing that I'm basically every hour pulling in more than a full day's wage if I than if I was working at 12 bucks an hour. However, there are also taxes and expenses and various other ways that that 125 an hour is not actually 125 an hour. And on top of that, the possibility of working 40 hours of consulting work per week is a bit over the top because you do have other aspects of the job. They're not all billable hours. So while 125 an hour looks amazing, the take-home pay is considerably less than that. But it's also considerably more than anything that I would find at a traditional job. So the biggest struggle as an as, as a left-of-normal entrepreneur is interpersonal relationships. Say that 10 times fast. <clears throat> it's great to not have to deal with a lot of people throughout the day. But in a society that more highly values extroverts than introverts and considers a neurotypical mind to be premium and a neurodivergent mind to be less, it's a constant struggle to draw in the people that I want to draw in. So while 125 bucks an hour is great, and even a few hours a day would be more than enough to meet needs... Even just getting there can be struggle a struggle for a left-of-normal person. Sales work, for the most part, for basically all of those on the spectrum, is not so great. It's a lot of it has to do with reading people, and especially the way normies love to say no without actually saying no. They beat around the bush, they make excuses, they... they tell you one thing and do another thing and worst of all clients love to just ghost you and so like we're in the middle of a conversation they need my service I tell them I offer that service they're happy about it we go to get started and then they're just gone they never respond to anything ever again and I'm like what the heck did I do wrong uh, why didn't they convert into paying clients when they have the need they have the budget and they like the work I do they just disappeared. The extroverted talkative people are really good at selling and converting because they just keep going. 
they don't notice that people are irritated and they don't back down and eventually they make the sale because persistence and ignoring the fact that they're cheesing off half their prospects means they're wooing in the other half. It must work because the talkative people in sales positions often make a boatload of money even though they have no clue what they're doing. Fortunately, the left of normal mind is good at organizing and creating systems. I don't have to cheese people off with persistent sales tactics. Instead, I create systems and organize my business in a way that I get things done and I get by with a routine that is sufficient. There's also a whole nother uh, dialogue I could go on about uh, outsourcing and hiring and salespeople and all that, but we'll get to that some other time. Because there's a lot to unpack here. This episode is longer than the average. And I'll put some more thoughts together in a more coherent manner and dip back into the left of normal entrepreneur ideas again at a later date. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and join the Facebook community so you can ask questions over there and interact with other left of normal individuals. Remember that most of us left of normals aren't going to thrive in a stuffy job type setting and the freedom of entrepreneurship can be a much better fit. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.